Welcome back to the Cog Weekly Podcast, Season 4, Episode 12. Yes, wow, Episode 12, and it's been a while. Probably should be, you know, a little bit farther along in the episodes, but we have had a little bit of technical difficulties as we're both settling into the college system right now. Just trying to find time for us to to make room in our schedule to make sure we can do this and, and line it up. And then also finding interviews. This episode is obviously not an interview, as you guys can see, but do expect that we will have more interviews coming in the future. We are in talks with players and different people involved in certain clubs in Europe and around the United States. We just need to get them scheduled and, and get pen to paper to make sure that we can get all of those out for you guys. But today, we do have a really nice topic, one that we're very excited to be bringing to you guys, and it is the U.S. men's national team. Now, there's a lot of chatter in the air right now. There's a buzz in the air about what's going on with the national team in regards to the squad that's being selected, the friendlies that are going on right now, the kit that they're wearing, and the World Cup that's coming up in only a couple of months. So we're going to cover all of that today, you know, get all the juicy bits about everything going on out there today. But first, Mac, how are you doing? I know you, I know you moved like you're into college right now. You're at UCLA. It's probably an incredible experience, but how are you doing? I haven't talked to you in a while because of the whole process. We're doing good. We're doing good. Just finished first class of the quarter and, you know, settling in now. Um, everything's going good, you know, adapting to a new place. As you can see, just the white background. Yeah, it's, you got the whole clean. studio over there. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's so nice. What people nice, don't yeah. know is the lack of materials that are in the studio right now. So yeah, if you would see around me, there there is no table. Uh, I've got the, uh, the the monitor on here on uh, the upside down of a recycling bin, and then <laughs> I've got the computer on a chair. So we're making it work, though. I think it oh, looks you pretty are. good. You yeah. are. It, no, it's probably, if you had the camera and you flipped it around to show it, it would probably look like one of the Stu Day's pictures. It would. No, yeah. it's it's it, classy. Very It's what you like to yes, see. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, exactly. but it's good. I mean, we're getting the job done at the end of the day. You can see, I mean, again, I always say you can see. You can see, Mac, but they can't because yes. we crop our faces. But I have my LED lights up right now, which is That's pretty nice, clean, yeah. actually. I'm I'm happy to have those going and everything. It's and I'm purple, planning on- Purple, no, your purple. favorite. Yeah. Well, you know, the Minnesota Vikings. Of course. Yeah, yes. You have to support. There was actually yes. a kid, for everyone wondering, I, I'm in Dallas, Texas right now, so pretty far away from Minnesota where me and Mac both grew up. But there was a kid on my team today who was repping a Minnesota Vikings thrifted shirt. And I was like, what wow. in the world is going on here? It was just a nice little buzz back to home. But mm -hmm. I'm planning on getting, like, I think it would look pretty clean, like Jack Harlow like album posters to go behind me like here and then like they could actually see it in the camera every once in a while that would um, be nice yes yeah i think it'd just be pretty clean he performed here like a week and a half ago and i missed it i was like actually planning to go i didn't have anything going on that night and then like the day of i was like no i can't get tickets anymore it was a, a tra it was a travesty I also it was an actual missed, travesty yeah he was here like a couple days ago as well and wait he out. was yeah. Was it a paid concert or was it like for orientation students? It was, uh, well, we thought he would be at orientation, but he wasn't. Um, he's just on his tour in LA. Okay. Um, was it right on now. UCLA's campus or not? No, it was maybe like 20, 30 minutes away. So. And in LA, that's probably like three hours away. Yeah, exactly. Traffic and whatnot. Yeah. Yes. How is like walking yes. around and everything? Because like you actually can't, first off, like 
you don't have a car, but second off, even if you did have a car, like you can't go anywhere. Yeah, I mean, the like Westwood around the campus is pretty, it's like 20 minute walk into an area where there's restaurants and like Target, CVS. That's fire. So it's not, it's not bad. Um, But you know, my legs are getting pretty defined and pretty muscular. Yeah, you're going to have huge calves by the time yeah, you come back. It's, it's going to be great. Constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like campus is also like relatively large. Yeah. So even just walking to classes and whatnot is exactly kind of yeah. a hike. But mm-hmm. I mean, I like, dude, I get so jealous. I pull up Snapchat and I go into yours and I see in Bel Air. I'm like, what on earth is going yes, on right now? I'm in Prince. Dallas and you're in Bel Air. You're literally yeah. the Fresh Prince, the Fresh yeah. Prince of UCLA. Well, I mean, we do need to talk about the Fresh Princes of the United States now. Oh, wow. You know? Nice. Yeah. Yep. What, a, what a transition. Yeah. Like, we're yeah. being honest, that was clean. That was really <laughs> um, nice. Yep. But uh, we we are in a stage right now where the U.S. team is entering some friendlies uh, so they can sort of get prepared. Greg has trimmed down the pool to a sizable roster, and so we're just going to run through that. Um, but, like, my question for you, do you want to go kits first or people first? Ooh. Let's go kits first because, okay. you know. We have a lot to say about this. I don't know what you think, but, you know, personally – I was not a fan of all the backlash. Um, I don't think they're that bad, to be honest. Like, they're just like, Nike never does anything super cool unless it's like the Nigeria kit, you know, which is always always insane. Um, Yeah, honestly, I don't mind them. They're just like, if you look at Portugal's, Portugal's is terrible as well. Like, (laughs) Nike never, like, and I agree, like, some people are saying, Everyone hates the kid until like they do well in them, and then they're like, "Oh, this is an iconic jersey." No, that's, and it's, like, that's facts. That's it so is true. true. Like, I don't know. I don't mind them. I don't. I don't think they're the worst ever in like U.S. history, which people are Some saying. Some people have been saying. Yeah, okay, it's, it, say, it's a bit ridiculous. Do you have them up? Like, can you see them? Because like I'm gonna. I don't know if you've seen this yet, but do you? You know, like, and if you're listening, just try and pull up the kit so you can follow along with me. You know, um, like an Oreos box. And how it has uh, the, yeah, little, yeah, yeah. the little peel tag on the top where you peel it yeah. open. It looks like we're wearing an Oreos box. Like, I'm not kidding. It's, it's that's, fair, That's yeah. the one problem I have with it. Like, I don't understand the shape of the the tag thing on the top. If you're watching, you can see that if you don't have it pulled up, they have, like, some tag on the top <laughs> next to their, uh, like, collar or where their collar would be. And it's just... It's such a strange shit. I just don't really understand it. But I do think that the USMNT badge in the middle is pretty clean. I, I do like that. I, I do. Like, with, like, the thing in the middle, the little, like, whatever you called it, the Oreo thing. The, like, we'll just call it the Oreo thing. I it Nike, that's just, like, what their template is this year. And people don't really get that. Like, when Nike, they make a new template for the kit design every year that's used across every team that uses Nike as their sponsor. So like it has that weird thing and a lot of other clubs have it. So I don't know. I really don't get why they put it and should have just made it all white. That's what I probably would have looked a little better, but the templates there, but they keep it the same color. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Nike has the same, you're right. They have the, it's like a stitch pattern because they want the best feel for the players. Yeah. But we decided to, it would be like, and this is like an exaggeration, obviously, but it would be like if you had a strange stitch pattern where there was like a circle under your armpit and then we just decided to color that red. 
no, just like fair. where their armpits yeah. are. I'd be like, why are you doing that? And like, it's obviously not that bad, but it still is a bit, it's a bit strange to me. But the rest of it's fine. The shoulder, the like little stripes on the shoulder are okay. Yeah. The badge in the middle, I think is really clean. I mean, the rest of it's white. So it's like, you can't really go wrong with just that. Um, but like you said, if we perform well, like if, for example, if we get out of our group and it's a memorable World Cup, and I know I'm just saying get out of our group. We'll talk about expectations later. But I'm just yeah. saying like bare minimum, if we get out of our group and people are nostalgic about this time, people are going to love the kit. I agree. Because it's and unique. The blue one, I'm not, I think I like the blue one more. Um, yeah. I think people dislike the blue one more sometimes. Like, Yeah, for reference, know. we were talking about the white one, just for yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. who's wondering. And have you seen England's uh, new ones this year? Uh, no, I have not. So they're away. They did the collar, um, okay. and it's like red with. Um, I think I know what you're talking about. I, I think I yeah. saw it, but I didn't like register it like too much. So that's a different template, other than the one that a lot of other teams are using. I wouldn't mind a collar jersey for the U.S. We haven't had one since like I think the last World Cup, right? That white, white yeah. one with the collar. Do you remember that? With like, yeah, no, it's, the stripes. A, a, col- a collar jersey is is pretty nice. I it's think always it, nice. Yeah, it's slept on. It. I think it's classy and it's also relatively comfortable. I think people always think like, oh, the collar is going to be uncomfortable. It's going to get in your way. Like, no, nah, it's pretty comfortable. It's classy. It's almost like wearing a really comfortable golf shirt while you're playing, which doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, like I think yeah. it's fine. So, I don't know. I think that would be a good way to... And I think it, like, sort of makes a statement, like, just in in a way, like, we're here to do business. And I, I know that's, like, kind of maybe stretching it, but I do think it, like, it matters, like, what you wear and, like, how you present yourself as a team. And so I think it would make a nice statement, especially because I think that this World Cup could definitely be the, the USMNT's breakout sort of time where they're able to not only get back to the, the level that they were at maybe 10 years ago or or... or eight years ago, but I think they could go farther. And, and I mean, I think we, it's many pundits have said this, but, and we'll get into squad depth, but we, we have a deeper squad than we ever have. We have a more talented squad than we ever have, but the difference between the older ones that, that, that gritted it out and, and were able to get farther in competition compared to this one is that passion factor. It's that representing your country factor. We have such a young team that right now, we, I think we struggle to, to find that, you know, fire inside of us. Kind of like if you have a bunch of transfers or young guys coming into a team and then you play like a derby match, you know, it's just not there as much. So I think yeah. that that's like, and just tying it back to the jersey, I think that's like all those little details. Like if you put a collar on the jersey, if you try to make it look classy and clean, if you, you know, if you represent yourself well, I think that those can help sort of emphasize what we're trying to do and what we're trying to stand for. So I do think that would be clean. Like I, I would definitely like to see a collar, but I mean, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the, jer- the jerseys were chosen. It's the backlash was definitely not warranted, but I don't like the Oreo design. Yeah. Like I, that's, I think that's fair. Yeah. That's sort of my opinion on it, but I mean, like, have you ever seen a jersey come out except for Nigeria's that people did all sort of communally say this is sick? No, like really, it never happens. And usually it gets to the end of the season and people are like, oh, this is an iconic jersey. Yeah, no. it's, like, it's always it happens all the time, but we'll see. 
Um, yeah. Do you want to go into those expectations first? Or yeah, to be fair, it would probably be good to go into those expectations, and then we could we could cover squad last. Because I think the squad's going to take the longest. We, you know, we're going to dissect like who made it, who didn't, what we think about that. Because obviously, Greg had some really tough decisions to make yeah. in order to form this this sort of preliminary roster, you could say. Um, but expectations wise, I mean, what are like what are you thinking? I mean, just just looking at our group, you know, Iran, Wales. In England, it, it looks it looks hard, and I think people yeah. underestimate the strength of our group. So, like, what do you think, expectations wise, being completely honest with the team we have and the teams we're facing? Um, to be honest, I would say getting out of the group is definitely. I think it would be a success, um, at this World Cup, and then. Honestly, once you get out of the group, it's like it's a toss up. Like, who knows like who will be matched up against, and you know who finished where in the other groups to make that happen. And then it's like if we get favorable draws there, then who knows how far we could go. But I think getting out of the group is going to be huge. Um, and I think if we don't, especially if we like somehow finish last in our group, I think the confidence is going to be. Super low. I think a lot of the hate is going to go towards Berhalter. Um, well, he's. I would struggle seeing him continue to be the yeah. head coach if it goes poorly. And I think there's going to be a lot of overreaction if we don't make it out of the group. But to be honest, if we don't make it out of the group, I, personally, I don't think that's going to be like too bad of a thing because Iran is a very good team. They always perform decently well at World Cups. Wales... It's kind of on the up right now based on their form. Um, and then England, of course, you know, just quality team. Uh, they're known to choke, but I don't think they're going to choke out of the group stage. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be tough. Uh, but right now, if you told me we made it out of the group and then, you know, who knows what happens after, I'd be happy with that for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, 100%. And I think people sort of underestimate, first off, the quality of Iran, but second off, the quality of Wales. Like you were saying, Iran's, yeah. Iran's good. They have, I mean, I, they're not, I don't think they're as deep as the U.S. And I'm going to be honest about that. They have the likes of Alireza Jahanbach, though, who I know very well. Some people in the Prem know very well. He he played for Brighton and had some really nice goals. It wasn't the best stint for him, but he has in the past proven to be a very good player, especially with Iran, scoring a lot of goals for the national team. Um, but but talking about Wales, I mean, people don't understand that like they have a lot of Premier League players in their team, like a lot, because they're so close, but also yeah. because they have talent, right? I mean, you're looking at Gareth Bale, who's not a Premier League player anymore, but he played in the Prem, he played in La Liga, he's their biggest guy, everyone knows about Gareth Bale, but then you're looking at Dan James, Aaron Ramsey, Brendan Johnson, Wayne Hennessy, Nico Williams, Ethan Ampadu, I mean, these are people, Connor Roberts, who have all played in the Premier League or currently play in the Premier League. Ben Davies. I mean, you, you can just list them off, and they were all on like relatively mid-table, lower-table teams. Some of them on on top-table teams, and and get like a lot of time. I mean, so it. I I think people are underestimating. Like they're all like, "Oh, it's Wales. It's a small country. All they have is Gareth Bale." But like, it, that's because you're coming from an American perspective, and when you come at it from a, a neutral perspective. It's the same thing with us. Like, oh, we just have Pulisic. That's it, right? And that's not true. But then people forget about McKenney. They forget about Adams. They forget about Aronson. They forget about all these players that are making a pretty big impact in Europe right now. But 
I it's a toss up because I would argue that Wales have more depth in the top leagues than we do. And that doesn't mean we can't beat them. I think we're a great side and I think that we have something different than a lot of teams because we have a chip on our shoulder. But I think that people are underestimating the power of that Wales team, especially because we're facing them first. It's our first game in the World Cup. Yeah. You know, Eng- England's second, which is going to be nice. Iran's third, which is going to be a huge one because it's going to probably, I mean, at the end of the day, it's probably going to decide whether we make it through or not. For sure. Um, but opening with Wales is tough. I just, yeah. I, I worry about that. Just like, I don't know if, like, as a nation, we are really fully un- like understanding how tough of a game that's going to be. I mean, it's such an even matchup. And if anything, from an unbiased perspective, they have the leg up. I don't know if you agree on that. I, I would agree. I think Wales is definitely the team to knock us out over Iran. But, you know, I think another thing to consider is uh, with Iran, there's less, and a lot of the teams in, in and around like the Middle East in that region, it's like, there's not a lot of coverage and exposure over here in the U.S. and even in Europe in those leagues and those type like those players. So it's hard. It's easy to like underestimate that team, and then they'll come out and beat like a team like England in the World Cup because you know they just they are a good team, but no one really knows it because there's not that much exposure in the media um, to know about the players that they have. So. Um, I don't I mean, know. I think 100%. it it that's just what it makes it difficult to like kind of see where the U.S. will finish because we just don't we don't know. Yeah, no, know? I agree. I agree. And I mean, if anyone watches Porto, they'll know who Mehdi Taremi is. I mean, mm. he's he's a fantastic player. He's a serial goal scorer. If you've seen the countless bicycle kicks that this guy has scored for Porto, the the legendary status that he has with the fans over there. I mean, it's it's actually insane. He's not to be slept on at all. And in my opinion, I take Mehdi Taremi in a heartbeat as our number nine for the USMNT. Oh, yeah. He's just a phenomenal player. So again, like Wales, I think has the leg up. I don't know if Iran has the leg up on us, but I think that they're they're too slept on as well. I mean, they have players that that can ball that are either unnoticed or that are noticed in Europe and we're just not taking them into account as a nation when we talk about it. Like, I I swear, people are saying on social media, oh, we're going to be able to beat Iran pretty significantly. Like, they're they're a good side and everyone says they're a good side, but they're not that good. But they never, like, mention the players that they have because I'm I'm guaranteeing you people aren't doing their research and actually figuring out who they have, where they play, and everything like that because it's not... It's not your your normal standard Premier League players that you see week in, week out. So... Mm. People aren't fully understanding the quality that they're going to bring. So again, like it's, it's just unfortunate because, I mean, it is the World Cup. You're not going to get an easy path to the knockout stage. I mean, it's it's not happening. It's the hardest stage on the planet. You need to ball, and you have three chances to do it in the group stage. There's no other competition like that in the world, in my opinion, where it is that cutthroat, that competitive, and and that important, and you only have three opportunities, and then it's over for four years. It's, it's, I mean, it's truly like, it's, it's unlike anything else. And if we go into this thinking, oh, we can probably beat out Iran and Wales because we're better, I think we're going to get smoked. If we go into it thinking it's going to be a dogfight and we're going to have to battle for it, I think we can make it through, but it's going to have to be one game at a time. Yeah. I hope that's, I hope that's the mentality that, um, Greg brings to the squad and it not like 
a mentality of you guys are so talented young players like your talent will shine through i don't think that's how it should go i think it should be like this is going to be really tough you guys have none of you have played in a world cup yet and you're going to need to experience this and kind of learn as you go because you're all inexperienced at this level like compared to the last world cup we were in there were so many players Experience. old players like Dempsey that have played in world cups which i think really brought us that success um granted i don't think that team was as talented as we have um this year which i think is the most talented team we've ever had but sometimes experience does shine through over talent and it's just gonna we're gonna have to see i think it's gonna be a huge success if burhalter harnesses that talent and turns it into results um at this world cup i mean 100 percent. and moving into the players it's it's quite interesting to see the way that Greg is leaning. There are a lot of decisions where he is favoring the young, talented guy over the experienced guy. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. not going to go too deep into it until we talk about defenders, but John Brooks is a great example. I mean, John mm-hmm. has, has had World Cup experience. He is a very good defender. He is getting older. He has struggled with Wolfsburg last year, and, and he has struggled overall in his club career over the past couple of seasons. But he's turning down the opportunity to bring someone into the locker room and onto the team that knows what it takes to play in a World Cup to bring in a young guy who who might have more talent, who probably does have more talent, but then at the same time, they don't understand what it's like. And it's it's a whole different ballgame once you get out there. And I know like myself as someone who's just podcasting about it, you as someone who's just podcasting about it, we can't even explain how tough it is because we don't we don't understand when we're out there. And it like all you all you can see is that when when you have the experience, when you know what it takes, you're going to do better because for some strange reason in the World Cup, it's not always about skill. It's just weird. Yeah. It's not. It's about who wants it more, and it's, it's so weird because in almost every other competition, the best team always makes it through the group. The best team always makes it through the knockout stages, and it's pretty predictable. You have some nice comebacks, but it's relatively predictable. But the World Cup is so different. The pride, is, the, yeah. the national pride, the fans, the energy in the air. I mean, it's all there. Anything can happen. So I don't know if I agree with all of the decisions, but let's start with the goalkeepers. Yes. Running through them, the three that were chosen for this sort of preliminary roster for the friendly against Japan, which is taking place in Germany, I believe, which is kind of strange. Um, but for the friendly against Japan is Ethan Horvath, Sean Johnson, and Matt Turner. So, two players that, you know, in, in Ethan Horvath and Matt Turner, that have only recently come onto the scene of the national team. Leaving Zach Steffen out is, is definitely big. I think leaving Gaga Slanina out is also something that we should talk about because he is trying to, to look at the youth and bring the youth into this. It's pretty obvious throughout the whole squad. So then why isn't he sticking through that with Gaga, who could totally be a effective you know, third string in this squad. Um, but yeah, I mean, three players that, that I was relatively surprised to see without other names in there, especially I would say Sean Johnson. What do you think? Yeah, I think Sean Johnson really stands out for me out of those three names. He's always been a solid MLS goalkeeper and he's had his runs in the, you know, US side with friendlies and such, but I don't think I don't know, maybe he's going for experience like that. I think Matt Turner definitely is our number one at this point. I think you could say Zach Steffen maybe is more talented, but 
he's just fallen off a cliff at this point um, with his move to city and then not playing. And now he's at, um, he's on loan and it's like Matt Turner just got his move to Arsenal and he's playing in, you know, I think he's playing in the FA cup uh, matches. Uh, So, you know, I don't know. It's world cup is definitely form um, for me at least. And I think for goalkeepers, I would say, yeah, I think Matt Turner is definitely the right choice for uh, the number one spot. Ethan Horvath, like, you don't hear anything about him. And then he had he'll that show one up. summer. Yeah, he'll have the that, like, Nations League. Like, uh, I think that's the competition that we won where he subbed on and, you know, made the penalty saves and all that and was a hero. But, like, you don't hear anything about him club-wise and... I don't know. I still Zach Steffen is still a bit of a tricky one if you bring him with or not, um, just because like he's not gonna play and he's not super experienced where he doesn't bring that kind of value to the squad. Um, who else? What other goalkeepers do you think? Like Brad Guzan, maybe like who, I mean, like it's, just it's just a, a character one. in the locker room, you know? Yeah, I I honestly like I don't know. I I think. Yeah, I mean, you could go with you could go with Brad, but I just I don't. It's hard because, like you said, you're looking at bringing one player in, who is your starter, and then two other players who can bring something to the team. It's not two other players who are necessarily going to play because they're probably not. The World Cup is not a long period of time. It's no, not a yeah. lot of games. If you win the World Cup, I think you win seven games. It's not a lot at all. So. Like the chances, I, I mean, knock on wood, but the chances of of Matt Turner not making it through the World Cup is f- so small. And if he, yeah. so like you, you obviously need very good backups if he does get injured either right before or during. But it's also a tough one because you need to make sure that you're you're bringing other things along with other qualities along with that can can help and support the team. I think. Sean is an interesting one though because I don't I think he's experienced. I do think that's true, but I don't think he's experienced in this. You know, it's it's yeah. it's really tough to say like, "Oh, Sean Johnson deserves to go because he has had so much more time playing in the MLS." Like, I don't really know if that correlates because it's a no. whole different level, it's a whole different ball game, it's a whole different level of energy. And, and and like what you need to bring is so different that I don't really know if that is a valid thing for, for Greg to be doing, like saying, oh, he's more experienced. Yeah, in the professional game, but this is the World Cup. You know what I mean? Like does at the end of the day, like has he played in a World Cup? No. Like, so yeah. I don't know. I just think I think it's a uh, I think I think it's a tough one. But I I I think the only thing I would have changed actually would have been I, it's, this is, this is probably out there, but I would probably have gone with Gaga over Horvath. Yeah. And then I I, I probably would have gone Gaga over Horvath and Zach over Sean Johnson. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind that. I think they're all talented goalies. Um, I think Slonina would be good just for experience even if he doesn't play like that's what i was thinking he's obviously our goalkeeper of the future so if he does like has he committed to the u.s yet he has he he turned down uh i think it was 
Poland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they tried so, to bring him into camp and he just said no. Yeah, so I mean, I think that would be a good experience uh for him just to be like when he does play in probably the next World Cup, I'd say. Yeah. Um he'd already experienced that whole tournament. Exactly. Uh, at least from the sideline. But moving on to defenders, you know, it it is an interesting one. Like you do see your regulars like Walker Zimmerman, which He's been shown as Greg's he's, probably he's our guy. He's probably right his no, his number one, um, along with Miles Robinson, who is out to injury, I believe. Um, and then you know DeAndre Yedlin, I love that pick. He, he's you know, experienced. Ex- experience. He still plays a. He's he's got quality still. He's at Inter Miami now, and it's yeah. not the same, but he's good. Yeah, Sam Vines. Um, you know he's been at the U twenty level, and then he's also had his time. Uh, he's at, he has eight appearances for the USMNT so far um I, I don't hate him I don't hate that pick I just don't know I think obviously it's friendlies it's this is not the World Cup roster so you know we have to keep that in mind um Joe Scally I think is deserved he's always you know he's been kind of doing very well for um what team is he at he's in the Bundesliga I believe right mm-hmm. um so I like that Chris Richards moved to Crystal Palace He's been getting some playing time there. Yeah, I, think I like that's Chris a, Richards in there. I really I like do. that pick. Um, I think he could potentially become a starter in that back line. Um, Aaron Long, just another MLS, you know, it's kind of MLS experience is kind of what Greg's going for the, there. Um, Dest is an interesting one. I want to know what you think about that because he hasn't really had the playing time um, and he's like almost been you know, transferred to so many different clubs. It's just like he's had a bit of a rocky summer, and I want to know what you think about him. Is he still a starter for you in this well, squad? I think, it's, I think it's obvious that Javi is not interested. Um, yeah. And I think that's been obvious from the start. And so at that point you're thinking, well, it, if it's managerial, if it's because of his manager – and he was performing at a level beforehand, can I get that same level out of him? And is that same level going to be better than I have elsewhere? That's obviously part of it. But then another part of it is there is a real point that when you play games, you are sharper. When you are playing yeah. in for 90 minutes, week in, week out, you are going to be sharper, inevitably. So, like... At the end of the day, I think there are definitely players that that could probably provide more in our team. I don't think he's a starter for me. Um, I think, honestly, like, if I'm being honest, there's a chance I put Tim Ream in here. So, yeah, yeah, I was going to bring that up after we finished it. Like, so, Cameron I don't know who for. I'm not saying Dest necessarily. Yeah. But Dest isn't a starter for me, and Tim Ream has experience. So, yeah. Cameron Carter-Vickers with Celtic, uh, he started the season very well. Reggie Cannon is just kind of Greg's like yeah, favorite. I don't know. It's a bit of a weird pick, but he always picks them. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, moving to Tim Ream, I agree. He should 100% be there. He's a captain of a Premier League side who's doing very well. He's played in the Premier League like every other year of the past like five years, and he's actually finally doing pretty well in that level. Um experience like I don't know I just I really think he should be in there and I think 
I don't know. It's hard to replace like Walker Zimmerman or Miles Robinson in that center back pairing. You could maybe look at outside back, but I think the way we play our outside backs need to be more dynamic than him. Yeah. Um, but I think in the squad for sure. But yeah, Greg I just, just doesn't really He seem doesn't to, like it. It's the same yeah. thing with John Brooks. And we, yeah. people have been talking about it forever. John Brooks doesn't get into this lineup ever since yeah. Greg has, has had the reins. And and Tim Ream has slowly been walked out. It's not yeah. been quick. It's not been so abrupt because people aren't talking about it the same way they talked about John Brooks. It was so abrupt with John. Everyone was like, what's going on here? Yeah, he, He's done it very smoothly with Tim, but he's not involved. And I think it's another example of Greg favoring the youth talent over the experience when that's not even correlated to how you're playing now. Like, there are youth players in here that are not as good as Tim Ream. They, no. They're just not. Like, a, Tim Ream, yes, when he plays in the Premier League, generally speaking, he is not good enough. But right now, he's captaining a team that's doing all right. Yeah. I, I think right now he's in form. So, like, yes, he he's, he struggles m- very often in the Premier League when Fulham gets promoted. Very, very often. Yeah. But I don't think that that means you should take, like, some of these players over him because I look at half of this this defensive or, or these defensive picks and I think that they would struggle even more. That's just my personal opinion. I just don't, like, I don't see, like, we're just not, I think that a lot of people are looking at the players that were picked, Chris Richards, uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers, Sam Vines, I mean, I like, Joe Scally, I think people are looking at these these guys as if they are the Gabriel, they are the yeah. Virgil Van Dyke, you know what? I, they they are the Thiago Silva of yeah. the Premier League right now. And like if if they are, that's fine. Then you don't include Tim Ream, but they're not. Yeah, like Chris no. Richards isn't getting that much time with Palace. Tim Ream is captaining Fulham. You know what I mean? I just don't understand. Exactly. That. Like it's yeah. it's baffling to me. Yeah, I. Definitely need to see Tim Ream in that World Cup roster. Um, but, like, besides that, I, I don't really have an issue with that defensive, you know, selection. I think John Brooks, you could probably ask any USMNT fan. They would want John Brooks in that squad as well. Um, we'll we'll have to see what Greg Obviously decides, it's not, maybe. It's, it's not the real one. So, yeah. like, we're treating it as if it is. <laughs> Talking, yeah, yeah, trying to dissect it, but there's obviously a lot more that goes into it. Maybe Greg needs another look at some of these players. But it's That's definitely very possible. A, it's definitely a statement, and I think every national team on this international break, the teams they selected is definitely a statement to what they're looking to do the for thing. their World Cup roster. There, there's a little bit of leeway with like, oh, maybe Greg needs to see this guy play a little bit more. Yeah, but also the World Cup is like what a month and a half away. Yeah, so like it. Y- you don't have time anymore. You should have been doing that like no, yeah. five months ago and then decided. Like you yeah. don't have the same amount of time anymore. Now you need to choose your squad and start refining it within the squad. You can't keep like having a pool of 50 players and saying, oh, who are we going to bring to the World Cup? It's going to be, oh, here's our lineup. Now how do we refine it? Because every other big national team that we're going to face, that we could face, they have players that have been playing in that national team, that have experience, that know what they're doing. And that are going to obliterate us if we don't have an identity and, yeah. and chemistry together. They just are. So yeah. I just, 
it, we need to be more decisive. And if this is him being decisive, I think there are some mistakes there. I I agree. I agree. So moving on to midfield, you know, just looking at the six players selected, I do not have a problem with. I'm so happy with it. That is exactly what I would have picked, like to each player. Yes, it um, is. It is perfect. The only person is. that could be debated on is Mark Tillman. That is the only person, but I rate him. But he's been on great form for uh, Rangers, and it's like it's a international friendly. Why not try him out with the yeah. U.S. team? If he performs there, then maybe keep looking at him at Rangers leading up to the World Cup, and then decide. Um, yeah. I think our midfield's pretty much set with the it's rest so of the players set. there. The th- that, I think we're going to use a midfield get trio, and yeah. I think it's going to be McKenney, Tyler Adams, and Yunus Musa. Maybe you fit Luca De La Torre in there if he's in good form. That's my opinion. You have Kellyanne Acosta on the bench. You have Tillman on the bench. And maybe they get minutes. Maybe they don't. I think Luca's probably going to rotate the most if we do rotations. Yeah. But honestly, that midfield trio is probably going to play 90s. And Luca's pretty dynamic to sub on as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's the type of player. He he has that explosive dribble ability, which we saw um, in, I believe it was the Gold Cup or something. Even in qualifiers when he played, like he definitely is a good player to bring on instead of maybe Kellen Acosta. When we're winning, Kellen Acosta is probably the better option. When we're losing or tied, Luca Del Torre will definitely open up the game for us. Um, That's, that you would know, be one thing I would say. The only thing that our midfield trio lacks is the defensive sort of uh, presence. And, I mean, Tyler yes. Adams brings it, but... but So here's what I'd say about Tyler Adams. He's good. He's really good. He's a workhorse. Same with McKenney. McKenney's a workhorse. They know what to do. They put tackles in. Yeah. They're all over the field. But they're not going to win 50-50 balls out of the air. They're not going to body someone off the ball. They're smart, and they know where to position themselves. But... I think that they will struggle physically against yeah. some of the best players in the world going up against them. I think that that's sort of inevitable. I mean, if Harry Kane is dropping in as a false nine, receiving the ball, I'm sorry, but Tyler Adams is not getting the ball. No. So, like, I just, I think that's the only thing we're missing. But do I think Kelly Acosta brings that to the side? No. So, I mean, you got to work with what you have. You know what I mean? We yeah. don't have a Victor Winyama that we can stick back. Exactly. We don't have a Danilo Pereira that we can stick back there or a Casemiro, you know? So we have to work with what we've got. Uh, yeah. I mean, Michael Bradley was the last six we had, and he, I'd say maybe is a little did a little better job at what we're saying. He still wasn't insane at it. No, 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 no. So I, I agree, though. I think our midfield is definitely set. Um Probably our most talented part of the pitch, I'd say. I would agree. I would agree. Um, and then moving to forwards, like, I think this is the most controversial area, to be honest. I, There's I love an absolute seeing, robbery in here, and I yeah, want you to be able to guess yeah, who it is. I think we all know. Um, but first of all, I love seeing Gio Reyna back. Oh, it's class. It's he so is, class. He, on his day, he can be our best player by far. Oh, yeah. Which we've seen. He's just injuries have just absolutely plagued him. I pray to God he doesn't get injured before the World Cup because it seems like every time he comes back, he just gets re-injured. Um, but he's instrumental to this team uh, when he's healthy. And, you know, God, I mean, it's just like... It's insane. Some of these picks are, like, not great. I mean, personally, 
Paul Ariola, Jordan Morris, Ricardo Pepe. All three. Should not be seeing this team at the moment. It's just, it's yeah. so evident. Yeah. You know, Jordan P. Folk is having a good season. It's not like he's playing bad. He's having a great season. And Union Berlin are top of the Bundesliga. He is scoring in literally like every yeah. game. I don't yeah. get it. What more does he have to do? For young and boys, you, he was class. He moves to the Bundesliga. Quote? What? 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 No, what did he say? Um, When they're like, the, a reporter asked him, uh, do you think Berhalter was in the stands for this game? Or do you think he's been watching you? And he said, probably not. <laughs> Which is like, he knows. He's like, I'm doing super well, but it doesn't matter because like, Greg has favorites and he's not picking me. Which is like, dude, he is obviously our best choice at... at He's our nine. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? I I don't understand it at all. Yeah. It makes no sense to me. I mean, obviously, Brennan Aronson's a no-brainer right now. Kid's going crazy in the prime. He's actually insane. Gio Reyna's a no-brainer. I think Josh Sargent is valid. I don't think he's a no-brainer, but I think he's valid. Pulisic is a no-brainer. You have to bring him. He's Captain America. So there are some players in here that I'm fine with. And our starting 11 is fine. But I think that's inevitable. Greg's obviously going to bring the starters. He's not going to leave out Brendan Aronson. He's not going to leave out Christian Pulisic. Like, if he is, he's getting fired. Like, (laughs) he's not going to do that. But I think being a great manager comes down to those minute decisions of who you bring. I mean, if you look at last World Cup, I mean, sorry, two World Cups ago, and you look at the World Cup final, if Mario Goetze wasn't chosen to be brought on that Germany squad, they wouldn't have won that World Cup. Maybe they would have found another way, but yeah. it wouldn't have happened that way. Yeah. And, and that's what makes teams great. You make the right decisions of who to bring and, and, and when to bring them so that when things get down to the wire and your guys that you rely on at all times can't keep doing it, you can bring someone on who you trust and you believe in and that can get the job done. And I really don't think that those three players that you named, naming them again, Ricardo Pepe, Jordan Morris, Ariola, I don't think they can do it. I agree. I Jesus Ferrer, I like I like that pick. I think he's, that's a good pick. He's like I think he's top scorer in he, he just, the MLS. Uh, right he now. also just got the um the number one out of like the top twenty two players, young players in the MLS as well. So he's yeah, like he, rated the best player. He's having a wonderful season. I'm still not convinced. I'm not sold. On, he's not going to start or anything. On a bigger scale. But I think he's our most solid sub in yeah, the forward position. Agree. But, but I, I also just, think Tim Weah should be in there as well. Oh, 100%. It's but. it's just... I'm I'm scrolling through the comments right now on Instagram because I'm kind of yeah. fuming. And I just see, <laughs> like, Weah, Pifok are, like, the number one comment on the whole Instagram post and everyone like you know it's bad when you see common roster L like four times in the top of the comments yeah and if no one's talking about some people are saying like Anthony Robinson like are like they're they're injured but like they'll they'll be back for the World Cup 100% yeah but still like it's I don't know. Like people are talking about other positions a little bit but I mean those those two up top I actually think way is injured right now Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But, um, like, still, I... And and so that means probably, I would say, Ariel is out. But I think P-Folk is... Yeah. It's just just crazy. It's crazy. I agree. How do you not have 
How do you not have the guy leading the Bundesliga on your team? <laughs> and Ricardo Pepe, he scored like one goal recently, but he hadn't scored since like a, in the a year ago. Yeah, and he hadn't scored like since a year ago. It's craziness. Like, I don't know. Those those are our thoughts though on the roster. I I really you know I think midfield wise is definitely a no brainer, uh, but there's still some spots to be debated on, and I feel like Greg might not make the right decision. <laughs> no, I don't have full faith. I'm just gonna be yeah. honest. I'm put, yeah. put it out there. Like I think that the two things I'm worried about that we sort of already covered would be one is Greg choosing too much young talent over experience. I think it's really essential that we have that experience in the team. Last World Cup, we saw it shine through. Michael Bradley, not what last World Cup, sorry, the last World Cup we played in. We saw yeah. it shine through. Michael Bradley was fantastic. Uh-huh. He was old though. Like he was actually old. He was still old, yeah. So like he wasn't, and he was our, he was a starter and everything, but still like he led that team because it's not about how good you are at the World Cup. It's about how bad you want it, how much you're willing to give up for your country, what you're willing to put in. It's just different. So I think it's a, it's a, it's sort of, it's too naive of, of Burhalter to think that he can get away without the experience in his squad and that he can just say, oh, we have such a talented young team. We're going to be fine. Like, First game, Wales. What do they have? Not a talented young team? Of course not. They have just as talented, if not more talented than us, young team. And they've got players who play for their country. Gareth Bale plays for that team. He balls for that team. So, like, it's just, it's not going to cut it for me if you are relying too much on your youth. And then, I mean, also I think that certain roster decisions are, are... very questionable from him. I mean, just even starting with the goalkeepers, I think there are things that there are decisions that he's going to have to make that um, that I think I don't I don't think he's making those decisions well right now. That's my yeah. personal opinion. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we could rant about it forever. We actually we could. could like we it's could. crazy, but I'm looking forward to seeing how the friendlies go. Uh, when this posts, the friendlies will be done. I'm pretty sure. Um, and uh but that being said, um still same thoughts, nothing will change it. I mean, Ariola could score a hat trick against Japan. Who cares? <laughs> He's not in the team. Um so at the end of the day, like those are our thoughts. I don't know if you have anything else to say about it or not. No, yeah. But uh that concludes the Cog Weekly Podcast, uh season four, episode twelve for this week. We were so happy to be back. It was good to give you guys a little rant about it. Uh and we will be back. Uh, you know, consistently from now on. We sort of gave you guys a Tuchel, Graham Potter rant uh, before. Oh, little side note. This is only a USMNT episode, but did you see Brighton signed a new manager? I did. Yeah, I'm not happy about it. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, was, it was pretty bad, in my we'll opinion. We'll have to see. It was a bad decision. We'll yeah. talk about that another time. Yeah, yeah But yeah. if you guys are wondering, you can go check it out. Brighton did sign a new manager. Not super happy about it, so just crying in my room about it all day, every day. That's fair. Until we meet again, have a great week. Hopefully you can watch some footy. Hopefully you watched the international friendlies or are able to catch up on that stuff because obviously we love our nation, everyone who's listening that is a U.S. fan. Um, And we will see you guys next week. Peace.